Know how you alienate your family? Recommend Better Buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. got one. Oh, fuck, Calvin. What no, Calvin, that? that's a showbiz. They don't say, they don't say one before uh, before you go, obviously. Obviously. So you don't have people, like, you don't have audio during the intro. You mean like that, right there? Both of you have mean... a little conversation there? <laughs> <laughs> that's an example of what, of what they don't do in show business. But show business yeah. is... We don't want to be fake. We want to be real, really real. Well, we're not some Hollywood garbage. Yeah, we want to be like Maury, raw, uncut. <laughs> <laughs> Those two chuckleheads are my co-hosts, Calvin and James. I'm the main host, RJ. Uh, <laughs> our better buddies icebreaker this week is: What does a, being a badass mean to you? Breaking the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, no. Uh. Hmm. I don't know. That's kind of that's actually kind of tough. I feel like it's kind of situational. Yeah. I like I feel like all. there's some people where you can look at them and be like, yeah. I mean, I feel like the definition applies to them just just by looking at them. But then also, I feel like it can be very contextual, and one person can do something in a way where it's just like that was really lame, and then someone else can do it in the same way. But I don't know. It's like drinking strawberry milk. <laughs> well, no. Okay. If you're about to disparage strawberry no. milk, no, no, not I'm going to have to leave this podcast. <laughs> I'm just saying there are some people where they drink strawberry milk and it's like, yeah, that's a person who should be drinking strawberry milk. And then there are other people where it's, they drink strawberry milk and it's like, I did not expect that person to be a strawberry milk drinker, but I respect them for it. I don't know if I feel insulted. Are you a badass? I don't know. <laughs> it uh, sounds like it's from your perspective. Know. Maybe a badass wouldn't know. Maybe a badass wouldn't think about those things. No, I think they would know, but they would know that they also don't have to say it. Well, actually, that that's kind of almost what I was going to say, where I think like it's, it's like two things. It's like uh, it's having the knowledge that you know something the other guy doesn't and the confidence stemming from that. And then it's being able to demonstrate it. Without being a prick. Yes, basically, yeah. And there you go. Hugh Jackman. Done. Oh. <laughs> Just Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jack- I mean, Hugh Jackman in uh, the wonderful uh, film that should have won all the Academy Awards, X-Men Origins Wolverine, no. uh, is obviously yes. best <laughs> in that film. Um, clearly. Clearly. Well, you got something against X-Men Origins Wolverine? Yes. I don't know. I think they got Deadpool right. Get out. <laughs> Lee, I invoke rule number three. No one listen to James. I think that Deadpool was way funnier than... than you mean when they sewed yeah. his mouth shut? So he yeah, that's, yeah, that was hilarious. That's a pretty hilarious, like, multi-layered joke, actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, see, RJ, you're just not in enough in the community yeah. to understand the levels of that joke. Yeah, me. I, I don't know. You just this don't vicious know. attack has left me, me broken and scarred. 
<laughs> I mean, it's okay. Like you just don't you don't know like comics as well as Cal and I, and every Obviously. everybody got their thing. You know, so you'll find you'll find it. You know, don't you'll figure it out one day. It's such you'll a shame it. that this is both of your last episode appearance on the show. It's, I mean, we're gonna go out swinging. <laughs> Talk about swinging, yeah, swinging for the fences. Yeah, uh, but hey, sometimes you get a home run. Yeah, that's how that works, right? Sure, if that's what you want to call it. I mean, not run. all the time. Uh, our next segment. Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Who would like to start? Not me. I've got one. Go I got a it. dense I got a big dense one. Um I recently, okay. about a week ago, oh yeah, finished um Plato's Republic. Oh. Oh go uh, away. <laughs> <laughs> Cal's gonna love the next five to ten minutes. Uh-oh. Um no, uh, Plato's Republic is like a foundational text of like Western uh, philosophy. Um, it's basically it's a Socratic dialogue, which basically means it's like Socrates, who is this like really old, famous Athenian philosopher talking to a bunch of different guys um, at this like party that he's at about what makes the best state. Like what is the ideal um, state? And that means like government, society, culture, like all that enveloped what would make like the perfect state and it's basically a 120 page thesis slash like dialogue where he discusses that with um like the men that he's uh kind of surrounded himself with and uh i think it's really interesting it's like partially uh almost an essay it's obviously an essay on like government and and culture in some capacity but it's also an uh an essay kind of about like um almost like structuring yourself and or, and ordering yourself because um, the idea is that like an ordered individual can create an ordered state. Um, and granted, it is like wholly an ideal, but it has still served as like the foundation for like most the approach to Western government ever since it was written. Um, so I would say if you got to read one book, and understand the government is that one. Hey, which I'll one be is honest. Uh, oh, good. <clears throat> Plato's Republic. I'll be honest. When you were first saying it's about his uh, ideas on a state, I don't know mm-hmm. why. I don't know if you broke up or why. Just my ears suck. Probably a combination of both. But I thought you said it was him discussing a. Um, the best steak. I thought that, and I was like, dude. man, I want to hear, I want to hear Plato talk. I was like, way more interested. I thought it was. I was like, Plato I want to hear Plato talk about like steak, talking about <laughs> what makes the ideal steak, and using it as a metaphor for government. No, I just like, want to hear him actually discuss the best steak. I want to hear like what those ancient Greeks were eating. They didn't All eat much I, steak, did they? Probably All not. I mean, they had, they definitely ate meat, but it was probably like a delicacy and not. I mean, they a had bowls. Yeah, they did, but they're, they're, those are more like those are more, probably more precious, like James is saying. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll write a I'll write a like a faux uh, platonic Greens. dialogue about steak. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. I look. For, I'm looking forward to it. You better include uh, garlic butter. Garlic butter. Yeah. Garlic. Mm. Dude, I would have to do some research on steak. Yeah, you do. Also, you this is totally reminding me of the like bit I just popped up on my YouTube feed like last night of uh, the Leonard Kenny bit where they're discussing the best steak. 
I haven't seen that one. Oh, that's good. Well, you're going to have to do um, your research on steak in order to uh, I, get the best writing. Clearly. That's what I'm going to have to do. Yeah, that's a real heavy recommendation, James. I know. I've been waiting to, like, dump this one. I've got some other ones I could do, but, like, I figured since I finished it. I was, like, dude, that book took me, like, four or five months to get through. And granted, I'm, like, a slow reader, but, like... Indeed. Holy shit. Like, it's only, like, a little over 200 pages, but it's... Oh, so that's, like, a day. (laughs) Sit down and try and read Plato's Republic in a day. But it's fucking dead all right i can't i i would i would make this bet but i lost the last bet i made with you about <laughs> reading a book in a certain amount of time so i'm gonna yeah. refrain from this one <laughs> it's good that we learn we learn I'm, from i learn <laughs> well i'm gonna recommend then and i'm gonna recommend shang chi and the legend of the ten rings is that yeah. a show or is no, that a it's movie, a movie. The Marvel movie. Have you seen it? You've seen it? Yeah, I saw it Saturday. How I, was it? I thought it was really well done. Um, and I think they did a pretty good job of doing, like, origin story without it being your kind of classic Marvel hero. Origin story. story. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, and I think they also did a pretty good job of making it, like, not... He's not just, like, he's not Iron Man or Captain America or anything. He's a dude with martial arts who was trained real good. I trained real good. Um, <laughs> and the music is probably some of the best in Marvel, I'd say. Really? Um, because it being a Asian-American <laughs> hero and a story with Asian origins, they incorporate a lot of Asian musical elements into it. I'm just I'm just imagining it's just that horrible chord over and over and over again. <laughs> what? The soundtrack incredible. Like you know the like really stereotypically racist Chinese like da 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 like that just, like, <laughs> just that over, over and, and over again. <laughs> but it's like it's like deconstructed. It's done in the modern style where it's like dark and gritty. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> Uh, it's like the what is the origin of that little like bit? I I, I think it would it came from a play. I think it, yeah. I think it was almost not like a vaudeville thing, but I think it was like around that era, and it was just uh, introduced as like we're in Asia now. Like, look how exotic. Um, so was it like? Is the origins probably something in Asian? It's just then was spun into something that became kind of more stereotypical, probably. racist of like. Look, Asian, play this yeah. sound bit. I wouldn't be surprised if it had like any small root there, but I would also not entirely be surprised if it was totally fabricated and it was just like some like early 20th century like playwright guy who was like, I've kind of heard Asian music when I like stumbled into Chinatown drunk at two in the morning. Like, <laughs> let me sit down on my piano. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. I think. I think the main cast did it pretty good. It was my first time watching anything with the uh, actress Aquafina in it, and oh yeah, she's she's pretty good, uh, more so than I expected because all I knew of her prior to that was her stage name, which annoyed the fuck out of me. <laughs> like yeah, her, I'm sorry, her. but Aquafina's a brand of water. 
Don't do that. Her, uh, her voice is not what you'd expect. Yeah, uh, it was kind of what I expected. Really? Yeah. That's fair. Although, to be fair, I'd seen advertisements for her, like, TV show. Oh, that's also fair. That's right, she's got something on, like, Apple TV or... Yeah. Like, or something, yeah. But she was pretty good, and she was, like... She was comedic relief without being, like, just a walking one-liner. Yeah, that's... that's how long was the movie? Uh, two hours. Okay, so basically okay. standard length for, like, yeah. a Marvel film, basically. And the Do actor, you think... I was just gonna say that the actor who plays Shang-Chi's dad is so intense and so good. Did, uh... Did, uh, stock Japanese man Ken Watanabe make an appearance at all? I don't think so. Damn. That seems like a movie that they just, like, throw him in there for, like, one scene. Because he's, like the Japanese guy in, like, every American film, basically. I mean, yeah. that's great, but we're talking about an Asian, or, I mean, a China, Chinese-American character. That's even more reason to throw a Japanese man in there. <laughs> Just I mean, knowing Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Who cares about their cultural differences? Fuck them. What do you mean they don't like each other? <laughs> They're in a movie together. <laughs> Alright. No, yeah. how would you... How would you, are they like setting up for Shang-Chi to be, like, play a part in the kind of Spider-Man story arc? Or are those um, things going to be separate? He's not going to be in Spider-Man, I don't think. But they are setting it up very much as a, he's joining the bigger universe, um, thanks to uh, Wong. Yeah, um, okay, now I want to see the film, because Wong, Wong is, my is one of my favorite characters. He's pretty funny. Uh, you have you should watch the film just for Wong's final scenes. Okay, not, I like not final I of like, his character, but end of the movie. No, yeah, I, like, I figured. It. <laughs> I like the idea that like Wong is in many ways like at least from what I've taken like more powerful than like Doctor Strange merely because he just like knows more. Like Doctor Strange has like the Infinity Stone or whatever, but at the same time, like. I don't know. Wong always struck me as, like, the guy who could have been, like, an Avenger Avenger, but he just wasn't, because he had, like, other things to do. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> character. Watch the movie, but once you have seen it, think on this sentence I say, I think Wong is the next Nick Fury. Oh, that's wow, interesting. that, okay. Did, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. That's a statement. Just based on the movie and his scenes in the trailer oh, for the next Spider-Man okay. movie. Gotcha. Now I understand where you're going with it. Yeah. I think. Okay. Like, he's playing that role of, like, pulling yep. the threads and the strings. Are they, especially now that they're focusing more on, like, multi-dimensional stuff, are they basically making, um, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember what that monk order is called, but are they basically making them or positioning them to be, like, the shield stand-in? Monk order? Like, I think uh, the, that Doctor Strange is uh, oh, the sorcerers. Karmitage? Yeah, are they, like, no. position them where they're going to be, like, the go-to, like, organization? Just you need nameless people to, like, be doing battle in the background. Oh. Yeah. Or, <laughs> Get a bunch of sorcerers. <laughs> or even the, the, just the guys, kind of like how when, you, like, when S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up, it's like they're the, they're the administrators of, like, that whole universe. Like, they know what's going on, and they're going to send you here, and you're going to go there. And now that they're wandering into more, like, yeah, like, sorcery-type stuff, are they positioning that order to be kind of, like, that organization just in a different form um i don't think they're, they're posi 
positioning the organization to be, necessarily. Um, okay. I think it's more that they're kind of sectioning it off between different groups, like Captain Marvel's taking over the space monitoring, and now that the mystical stuff is being embedded more, like the wizards are stepping up to do more of the mystical stuff, and what like they're kind of it's like fracturing off so that people do their own like have their own things because the wizards don't care about tech so like if ultron came back the wizards are going to be like i yeah we got to stop him but we don't care about the cleanup does that make sense i think so um and fr- if we were going to really pick a new organization the that's been like officially set up it'd be sword which they set up in WandaVision. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I've, I've got a question. What? This is, this is still Marvel-related, but not at all pertaining to the conversation. I might have even said this before. But? Uh, do you think that in Captain America Civil... Is it, it's not Civil War. Um, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, you know, where they have that whole plot line where it's like the, the airships are going to have, like, guns on the bottom of them that can target anybody on planet like earth if they want to kill anyone they want to do you think that's uh an allusion to the uh what is it the disposition matrix which is like the drone kill list that was created under the obama administration like for domestic threats i wouldn't be surprised yeah that's interesting i never thought about that show a literal list of targets in the movie because that's the first the first nod to dr strange existing Oh yeah, that's right. He, they call they like mention Stephen Strange. Do you think you're on that list, RJ? Fuck yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> the shit I've done. Come on, an evil organization take if if I lived in the Marvel universe and an evil organization took out the Avengers, do you really think I'm gonna sit there and say, "Well, I guess that's it"? Yeah, man. Well, they target you because you just uh, you DM too well. They're like this guy. It's too. It he's too powerful. His power level. You see him roll that dice. You say that, but my, based on what I have learned about academic advising, a field I am think like seriously probably going to wind up in. A lot of it is the same skills as a DM of looking up information and following button clicks to get to the panel you need to type things into that. Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I recommend Shang Chi. Uh, Also, update on. A little bit of an update on what if, because it's coming out. I haven't seen the latest one. It's the zombie one, but I did watch last week's, which was uh, Doctor Strange, Strange Supreme. Man, that was a dark and sad ending. Do people care about spoilers for that episode? I can't uh, speak. Well, I don't know. Okay. People listening might, but I don't know. Uh, suffice it to say. Not all of the What If episodes are going to have happy endings. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I hope people cry. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, it wasn't like last week and this week. Not necessarily happy endings. So, but yeah, Calvin, what do you got? Uh, I actually think I got two kind of. So the first one I want to, uh, let me think. Actually, I'm just going to do the one. So I'm actually, I think it's going to be a re-recommendation, but it's got like an update in that I'm going to recommend uh, the book series, The Wheel of Time. 
Um, and the reason it's got an update is this last week the trailer dropped for the Amazon Prime uh, series that it's ba- um, that's based on the series. And I'm super pumped for it. I'm I'm wait. I mean, it's hard yeah. for me not to get like pumped for it because I think it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Uh, I know they're gonna change a ton because they already have in the trailer. Yeah, but I'm not super worried because everything that I've seen, um, I've been following the guy, the showrunner Rafe uh, Judkins, um, who did uh, Agents of Shield. Um, he did. He was a showrunner on that for a while, and I thought that was okay. It wasn't yeah. like terrible. So I'm optimistic about it. And Amazon's got the budget, and everything that I've seen from the trailer uh, looks great. Um, I didn't talk about this last week, did I? No. Oh no, because last week um, they had just dropped the photos. They had dropped like three or four photos, and we were talking about this before the podcast. Yep. And then the trailer came out last week, Thursday. Um, but yeah, I would recommend the series. For those that would want to, uh, I'm kind of recommending it now because the series comes out November 19th, I want to say. So you have Um, time to get through one book. Yeah, it comes out the 19th. And they're actually doing a cool thing that I'm really, I I actually really dig, is that they're not dropping the entire series at once. Oh, really? They're dropping the first three episodes and then the remaining five episodes. Five or six, I think there's eight or nine episodes. The remaining five, I want to say, are dropping one a week for the next five weeks. So okay. you get the first three right away to hook you in, and then it's a weekly installment, which I like because I kind of like weekly installments. It's fun. It adds suspense. It adds like a little bit to like your watch experience for me personally. I find if I binge through an entire series sometimes it lacks some impact yeah like moving through it that quickly and it gives you something to look forward to yeah yeah but i would recommend watching the trailer for those interested it really doesn't give a ton away um it gives away some but it's definitely um they're definitely taking a different angle at it um, because they're following a different character as the kind of primary character. Um, so it's going to be slightly different. But for those interested in the series that want to read the books beforehand, because I would highly recommend reading the books no matter what happens with the series, because the books are fantastic. There's 14 books in the series, um, but you only need to, for the first season... Um, this is where it gets a little difficult because I would recommend reading the first book. Obviously it's there's speculation of it touching the second part as well. And honestly, the second book and honestly, maybe the third, because the showrunners come out and said that this is not a straight one-to-one pull of the books to the series. He didn't adapt a book. He adapted the series. Okay. So, He's not necessarily being like season one has to follow book one, season two has to follow book two, season like he's 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 more looking at the entirety of the books as the plot and then just adapting that in a way that makes sense for a TV show. Yeah, so instead um, of like like you said, instead of trying to do like book per like season per book, it's here's the story as a whole. How do we take this yeah. and make it a TV show? 
Yeah, so there's going to be bits and parts uh, supposedly that are going to be kind of out of order because they'll make more sense in a TV show for people who haven't read any of the books than they would might ne- then they might necessarily make sense for the books. So definitely read the first book if you had if you're interested and you had time read the second book. The the tricky part is there is a prequel book that came out after book 10 was released. So he took a like the author kind of took a break wrote, uh, after book 10 and wrote a prequel book. Um and if you read the prequel book, it doesn't spoil anything, but it kind of um there's there's characters you question their motives later in the series that you kind of don't question as much if you have read the prequel um because you just know more background information yeah uh but it also get so it's like i don't know you could read the prequel and it would not ruin anything i think if you read it first and then went straight into the book one but i know the prequel is going to tie heavily into the tv series because the main the character that they're focusing on moraine um that's who the the prequel is all about her um and it's set like 20 years prior to the first book and the speculation is that there'll be flashbacks to events in the prequel in the series to uh, help set up non-readers with this world because the world's freaking massive um i guess i should have explained what wheel of time is for those who don't know long story short it's just a high fantasy series there's a magic system but only women can use the magic because the magic was tainted uh, thousands of years ago for the, it's like divided into a male and female half and the male half has been tainted. Uh, so any male that uses it goes insane. Oh. Um, so they're basically hunted down and yeah. And it's about a prophesized chosen one, uh, that has supposedly been born and that they have to fight in what's called the last battle. And they're going to fight the dark one who is basically the Satan of the world. Um, and what's the first book but called? The first book is called The Eye of the World. Okay. But it's the Wheel of Time series. But uh, it's... The audiobook of the first book is 30 hours long. Oh. So, depending on how fast a reader you are, it's not a small book. And I ask really quick <clears throat> from the trailer, because yeah. there are a couple thoughts where... And I, oh, I think did you just watch it? I did just watch it. Yeah. Oh, um, so yeah. good. I I was I want to get your thoughts on because there are a couple shots, two specifically, and I know it's kind of a basic thing to say for a fantasy series, but I I obviously as a fantasy series, they're they're going to be compared to this, so they're kind of yes. almost like preempting this. What do you think about a couple of the shots that look very Lord of the Rings like esque? There's the yes. shot of that Adele, the and then there's like a helicopter shot of people walking over. A mountain that looks like straight out of like fellowship almost okay so there's a lot of debate about that because they have to pull from lord of the rings because that's just what people who aren't into fantasy know yes. and because fan and and lord of the rings is kind of your just standard fantasy now in the general populace mind so mm-hmm. i think they definitely played that up to try and draw people in and be like, oh, it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings. Because Mm. it is, I would say, closer to Lord of the Rings than it is Game of Thrones. 
So it's in no way close to Game of Thrones in a lot of the ways. In the books, I would argue there are it, it, it's a little bit closer. Um, however, it's a lot more reserved in its violence and sexual content. It's not to say they don't happen, but in Wheel of Time, almost all of the sexual content happens off screen, as it were, in the books. It, like it happens, like it's alluded to. You know, it's happening. Um, like characters get pregnant. But you don't like it's not just there's just not sex scenes like there are in Game of Thrones. Um, and then also people are killed in Wheel of Time, but it's not to the extent of Game of Thrones of where it's just like everyone's just like getting stabbed and murdered all the time. And you, you just really don't know who's about to die. Yeah. Um, but the first book draws a lot of criticism from people who haven't read the entire series on that. It's a copy of lord of the rings and that's because it kind of was supposed to be even back in the 90s when the first one was written robert jordan kind of mirrored the lord of the rings story for his first book um in in a large part to get it sold so mm -hmm. that he so that someone would pick it up a publisher would pick it up and that people would read it um but then also, it was also in part like an homage because Lord of the Rings was so like, uh, just, it's like the biggest fantasy that like everybody knows. Yeah. And then, um, but it, it diverges heavily from that Lord of the Rings uh, kind of tropes um, after the first book and very much becomes its own thing. I, I could definitely see because I feel like Game of Thrones, the why that appealed to a lot of people was because it focuses more, at least from the glimpses I've got, like reading the first book and, and seeing like some of the episodes, it it's focuses way less on the world itself. There is a, a well-constructed world for Game of Thrones, but the focus is more on the like in like interpersonal relationships and politics that goes on in that world, where it's like yes. Lord of the Rings and this, though I have not read um, Wheel of Time from the way you've talked about it before, it seems more like adjacent to Lord of the Rings because it seems to focus on like the world itself, like the magic and the lore and the mythology and its story mm. are rooted in a kind of like grand narrative or myth that comes out of the world rather than like focusing on kind of these more particular individuals who are just kind of living in it in some capacity. Yeah. Did you see the shots of the giant tower that was an interesting shape? yes i did i was like well one i was like that looks again that that's one of the shots where it looks like it looks like exactly out of like lord of the rings but did you did you see any interesting shapes in that tower uh in a are, certain... we, are we talking about the citadel one or the one that was like split in two the citadel one i don't know if i, I don't i don't is this okay a, mm -hmm. um there's so there's a lot of jokes on the real time subreddit about it looking kind of phallic um oh, yeah. so if you jump to the 26 second mark but what makes that really funny is that's on an island um that's supposed to be the white tower which is on an island called tarvalon and this is robert jordan has some questionable stuff in some of his writing but yeah. uh this is i'm gonna post a map of tarvalon what does that look like to you let me see. Hold on. I posted it in the discard. discard. Oh, that, mm. that looks like I know right there. Looks like it needs a tower. Uh, yeah, that's it's it's the island where 
the women who are the the ones that can use the magic system that is their city of power that is where they rule from you get in the white tower the nose. yep that's the point and then and now everyone's joking that the tower that's centered on that island looks phallic i don't know oh, RJ, I think that, uh, rj that's about as far from the nose as you could get almost uh, so, it depends on what you're doing uh, uh, hey this is also fair <laughs> Um, interesting. Very interesting. I'm trying to look at some of these, uh, some of these names on here. I see Dragon Mount. Yeah. There's a giant volcano. Nice. (laughs) I bet it is. But yeah, no, I would highly recommend Wheel of Time. I'm glad you watched the trailer. What do you, what, like, just real quick, I don't want to tie down the entire episode. Sorry, RJ. It's all uh, good. We talked tomorrow. But, we can talk Wheel of Time. <laughs> what were your thoughts on the uh, trailer that you saw of it, James? I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's going to be um, hard to compete with some of the spectacle because you're right. With Lord of the Rings, like people, the popular consciousness, like that formed the popular audience's idea of like the cinematic vocabulary of what a fantasy film is um and also set expectations for other fantasy uh like media really really high um so there is some stuff that looks like iffy in terms of special effects however i think the cinematography i saw was great i think it looks like they're going with like minimal relatively speaking um use of like cgi like it looks mm-hmm. like there's actually some practical stuff in there um and i really like th- what they're doing with the backgrounds i thought the one shot of like the sunrise coming through the city street was like beautiful even though it was like clearly digital it was still like oh that's really pretty you know what i mean so like yeah. that's what they like about like fantasy stuff is they really try to make it feel like ironically enough real no matter what they're doing and i think like after all the like blood and sex um and all that shit in game of thrones which is perfectly fine like it's fun to watch it's really fun to read stuff like that i think like a return for the fantasy genre to a more kind of like mythologized um form is going to be like good for people i think it will be like fun for them to be able to like lose themselves in a world that is lovingly rendered. And I hope the show can deliver that. More it looks like fantasy <laughs> than the blood. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like from the trailer, that's what they're trying to do. Like you can definitely tell, like you were saying, Calvin, that like it, it looks a lot less, uh, it looks a lot more restrained than game of Thrones. Like there's not yes. like central shots of like women lying behind, like, you know, velvet sheets or whatever, anything like, that, or, you know, so it's like, it's kind of nice and refreshing to kind of see that. And I'm I'm interested too because like I know there were like some hashtag like strong women or whatever in Game of Thrones, but I think like in this world specifically where there is an actual natural element of the world that does make women powerful, I think that will be interesting to see how it plays out. I cannot wait to read the infantry, the battalion of think piece articles. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll explode around November about this uh, this series. But um, I just hope, like, uh, even as a f- someone who is, like, far removed from this series, um, other than what you've told me about it, I really hope that they that they do this well. And it, it this trailer seems promising. So, 
Yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. And I, I'm also curious about what people will say about the gender dynamics and how they change it, because there's some problematic stuff in the books um, mm-hmm. with the gender dynamics, because there's a lot of. Um, but I I agree with a lot of the people on this reading of the of how Robert Jordan wrote it. And not everyone agrees. And some people just don't even see it this way. Like they just don't even catch this. But a, a lot of people th- um, read it as Jordan was playing up the stereotypes to contrast how ridiculous both sides are. Because one thing that both uh, the, for the genders in Wheel of Time is that the men are always taught are the men always act like you. Um, they're like, oh, it's like you're they're the ones in charge and like, but they're not like demeaning to women, but they're also very much act like you have to like be I, I don't know i do a bad job of explaining it no they can but, be like dismissive or whatever or like overly uh, dominating not even, not even that but it's like i'm trying to think of a good way to describe it so in the in the main character's village there's the mayor and the mayor's council and they're all men that are like the governing body of this village but then there's a thing called the women's circle and the wisdom and the wisdom is like the town healer and it's always a a female and then the women's circle is all women and there's a lot of basically that dynamic scaled up to like kingdoms and stuff of that the the, um the idea that the the men's count uh, like the mayor and the mayor's council are these group of men that they're like oh yeah like you have to like the women's circles always meddling in our business and they're trying to push their way in and we got to be like, no, this is, this is like the mayor's and the mayor's council's business and we're doing this. And then the women's council is always like, oh, like the, the men are all stubborn idiots and you have to like think that you have to make them think that you're letting them have their way. But in out in actuality, they're doing what you want, but both sides act like that. And neither of them see the hypocrisy of what they say and how they act. Um, Isn't that just like real world, like gender relationships? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's what a lot of people, and that's what a lot of people point out in the is that that was Robert Jordan's point um, mm-hmm. that he plays up some. Some of it is definitely is a little just. It's like oh, okay, maybe that's not the greatest. Nineties, nineties yeah. to the mid two thousands. Yeah, that's fine. Oh. Women couldn't even vote back then. <laughs> That's great. All right, James. What different times? <laughs> I don't think you understand. Uh, it was the 1990s, James, not the 1890s. Oh no, I'm saying the 90s. I, I don't think <laughs> women get the vote until like 2001 or whatever, right? Like we gave them the vote after 9/11 because we were right. like, oh fuck. <laughs> well, what I learned in the American education system. That's that's uh, the wheel of time. Why. Yeah, sorry, that was my rant on Wheel of Time. Uh, okay. Our next segment, How to Be a Better Buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. With our first question being, if you watched your best friend yell at their SO until they cried, what would your what would be your next action? High-fiving him. All right, <laughs> no. James is can't. Just get out, James. You're done. It's just, <laughs> I'm kidding. No one listen to James. I kid, I kid. Um... I mean, in the moment, unless it actually turns, like, physical, I feel like that's, like, something you don't, you kind of have to let play out, and then you have, like, a talk with them, like, after that's done. That's what I would do. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what I would do in this situation. I, I, I'd like to think I'd tell my friend to be like, hey, idiot, 
Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, this is not the right way, but it's like that's the, one of those awkward situations where it's like I feel like you can't really answer unless you're in that scenario and you've been through it before. Because also, I feel like, go ahead. I was just gonna say it's a little context amended too. Like, are you at their place or your place or in public? That yeah, yeah. Like, but I I I I, I do want to say that before we get too far into this, I feel like we all agree that that's obviously not the right thing to do. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah. That's not nice. No, it's easier to beat them with a switch. Oh, right. All right. And then Rule James went there. <laughs> no, and now RJ went there. <laughs> I'm going to be the only one left on this podcast. That's uh, okay. <laughs> I believe in you. We're going to get canceled. We're going to get. I do I like that. that means anything on the internet. I No, I do like that, though, because I, I like uh, one people thinking it's effective on either side. Like, I love seeing people like who act like it's the biggest thing in the world and then they do like 15 minute videos on why it shouldn't be a thing and then other people do like 15 minute videos on why it should be a thing and it's like guys this is, this is just an all-around stupid thing to argue about Considering you're, all you're saying takes... like why you should yell at people is that what you're saying oh uh, for getting canceled yeah. like for oh getting for that. getting canceled the idea Which, of like getting canceled, like... all it takes to get canceled is for like 15 twitter accounts to get your name trending on a hashtag canceled and then a bunch of garbage media websites will say this person's being canceled even though nothing's changing i think what google should do one april fool's day and i hope they're listening is they're always just, are. good they should release everybody's search histories for no. one day no yes. yeah they should do, James, that. do you want your search <laughs> no. history released no but i but if you can release yours james yeah release oh, yours I'm not releasing mine. I think everybody's search history should be released and public for one day. No. What a humbling experience that I would be for I don't want people to know how often I have to Google things because I'm just too lazy to think about it. Or, like, look up how to spell words. Yeah, that's how I learned. That's that's how I spell check is I'll, like, type words into Google. And Google will be like, hey, idiot, this is what you meant. Worried about, I would be worried about that for other reasons, but I guess that's well, that's like one on Frankly, <laughs> everybody's going to have well, the I, other reasons. No, very few, <laughs> less people are going to have the, like, oh, I don't know how to spell check common words. Oh, uh, that's fair. I, okay, all right. That's fair. Every programmer is going to be... Well, no, it's already... Every programmer already says that we, we typo and we have to Google everything that we do. <laughs> That's an open yeah. secret. Everybody knows that, actually. So never yeah. mind. <laughs> um, no, it's so many times googling the most basic, like first year programming stuff. How do I do this again? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've googled it eight times, but how do I do it again? How? So yeah, uh, talk to your best friend. Don't let them yell at their significant other until the significant other cries. That's not nice. It's not cool. It's not fun. But make sure you yeah. pick your confrontation time and place appropriately. Yeah. Our next question. There are a ton of beauty tips and tricks for women. What are some for men? Shower. Yeah. Done. Which is a good tip <laughs> uh, shave. what it is. Shave and or trim maintain your beard. If you just let your beard go all super scraggly and wild, it's like... Mm, Fight me. Yeah, you'll... Yeah, <laughs> I would say this is a this is a few this is a personal one. I would say fast. I would say if you can 
fast for a full day. It's not a beauty once. tip. Yeah, it absolutely is. It helps clear up your skin. It absolutely. Does. I don't know that that's true. I swear by it. I I swear by it. I You're swear not that science. I feel better, and I I feel like I do look a little bit better after I fast. Maybe your eyes are getting blurry from lack of nutrients. Probably. Well, I mean, I eat the rest of the week, but I think just that one. I think that one day where you just don't you don't eat anything. It's like what the first time you do it, it's like the fucking hardest thing in the world. But the more you do it, the easier it gets. And you'll feel it's like a system reset. It's really nice. No. That's my advice. Uh, don't do that because it makes me sick and <laughs> nauseous. Also, uh, try your best to find clothes that fit well. And that yes. doesn't mean fitted clothing necessarily. It just means stuff. It doesn't always mean stuff that you're comfortable in either, but it does mean like you can't, there is a middle ground. I do believe like stuff that just fits your body. Well, if you can yeah. try to find it, do. Yeah. The biggest thing, the biggest two things are a, like James was saying, get clothing that fits you and fits you. Well, you'll be more comfortable and you'll look better. Second for facial hair, get some beard balm. It's a lifesaver. Yeah. Oh Yeah. Our next question, as you improve, how do you view, view the former version of yourself? With the further details, one example, after a person experiences weight loss, they may find it hard to conceptualize or accept the difference, otherwise known as body dysmorphic disorder. No matter how much you've accomplished, changed, or continued to progress, you are, are you able to acknowledge it? If you do, are you proud, disgusted, or perplexed by the person you've once known yourself to be? I'm currently working on my self-image and thought this would be a beneficial discussion for anyone who's looking to start or have been on the path of betterment. First off, that's not exactly what body dysmorphia is. Like, it's close, but it's a it's a little bit more than that. It, it can be. I mean, it's like a it's like a part of what it is. Definitely yeah. not the entire thing. One of the significant aspects of body dysmorphia is the like, not even just the conception, but like you physically don't see it. Like your brain doesn't process it. Not just hard to accept, like, that you've changed because you can't remember, like, it's been the slow change. Like, as someone who has lost 20 pounds in over six months, like, I just don't, looking in the mirror right now, I don't see the change because it's been gradual. Mm -hmm. Body dysmorphia is, no matter how much change there is and like, shown before and after pictures, you still can't see the change. I it's I think it's it's like that, but it's also more like it, you're just never good enough. Like you're never essentially like yeah. you're never enough, that or too. you're never fit enough. So you just no matter what, like no matter how good you look, like you could be the most trim person, but you'll see like the little bit of like fat under your chin, and then you'll go back into the gym for like four hours. Like it, it's it, it is like partially the genuine like physical disconnection, but also a. Uh, a very powerful psychological, like, no matter what you do, you're not where you want to be, ever. Yeah. But otherwise, uh, the I, I appreciate the former version of myself, because without those former versions, I wouldn't be the best me I am today. There we go. Suck it, former versions, you sucked. <laughs> I, I I'm think the for one me, that would win in the Battle Royale. There's, like, a mixture of, like, nostalgia... Pride, shame, and kind of like acceptance, I suppose. 
because I I've, I've been at periods of my life like I'm you know I'm not like I said before I'm not old old but I'm almost twenty five. Yeah, I'm I'm old for twenty, um, and like I've had enough relatively at this point like experience under my belt where I've like really fucked up and really, really That's like that. Yeah, well, like really just in some moments like really been a shitty person, and then in other moments like why was that person in one part of my life I was doing something really cool or really good or whatever and it's just kind of acknowledging i think that like you can emphasize one and work on the other because you're never gonna like not be in some way a bad person you know like you're it's not that's not like a like defeatism it's more of just like you're always gonna have that side of you that like you're not entirely comfortable with but i don't think i think like true self-improvement is not attempting to expunge that because all you're going to do is move those bad habits into something else and you're going to think that it's gone but it's really not it's just kind of changed its face um goal is to eventually reach like a kind of balance where you can like keep it in check and channel maybe some of that energy that would have gone to those like bad decisions into something else and it's it's a continual like cycle um, what do you think calvin uh yeah i mean i'd kind of agree i mean it's kind of a meme or whatever of the idea of it's just like you're going to bed and then it's like that one dumb thing you did like eight <laughs> years ago is it like pops into your head it's just like i feel like i have that all the time i can't not forget all the stupid crap that i did even just like I feel like last month, so I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I still have to deal. I still deal with have trouble dealing with that. Like I don't know. I always hate past version of me. But if you didn't, if you didn't hate the things you used to do, that means you haven't grown. So that's a good point. I'm just imagining like Cal getting ready to go to bed. Like it's actually been a good, like a good day. Like he's ready to go to bed at like a reasonable time. He's made like good decisions all day. <laughs> a then, good one. Like his his head hits the pillow. And that one thought like just comes in into his into his brain, and his eyes just like snap open, and he he like spends the next eight hours just like screaming, <laughs> and then he gets a complaint from the office, a <laughs> noise complaint. Oh, see, I was thinking Kelvin Kelvin goes through his nightly routine, he gets all ready for bed, he's got his pajamas on, teeth brushed, and he sits down on his bed, but before he lays down, he opens the desk drawer, the, the nightstand drawer next to him, and pulls out a Rolodex, and starts flipping through going, alright, which embarrassing memory are we going to think about this night? That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wish it was that simple. He's got like uh, he's got like one of those old like photo carousels or whatever that oh, he just yeah. projects all just like flips through and somehow they're perfectly captured moments of like his worst moments. He just does a Raspberry Pi setup to change it every like thirty seconds. Yeah. He's like, oh that one was a good one. And then he just like shudders and cries and he's like, Alright, next one. <laughs> <laughs> Our next I, question. I, kind of, I do that too, but yeah. Our next question's a much more important question. <clears throat> What color binder slash notebook slash folder did you use for each subject in high school? With the further details, for me, science classes were always green, math was blue, English classes were red, and history was yellow. Oh my god, that's my colors. Holy shit. Those, one of those is mine. Only one? Those are, I, I, was about, I was about to like say my colors, because I feel, and then you started reading them, and I was like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Damn, nailed 
I, I'm trying to think. I might actually have had English yellow and yep. like social studies red. Same. I can't. I it, it, I can't remember now. It was either that, but math was definitely blue and science was definitely green. So for me, English and history could kind of switch a little bit, but history was generally more red, and English was generally more yellow. And my reasoning was going back to the time of the first grade uh green is science because nature is green yep <laughs> blue is math because blue is the most logical color um lost me a bit on that one <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fact <laughs> history is red because history is dangerous all right and english is yellow because it doesn't matter anymore by that point you're out of colors unless they Fuck have black you, notebooks Oh, that's... Oh. And if they have black notebooks, you get a black notebook for English. Why? Just because. It's better than yellow. It's a dark subject that nobody wants to talk about. The black class. Yeah. I... Yeah, what are yours, James? Because you said only one of these was right. Yeah, mine was... um, My science classes were green. Math for me was blue. Or, I'm not blue. I'm looking at the fucking letters. Uh, (laughs) Math was red for me. English classes were yellow, and history was uh, was blue. blue. Yeah. Why do you not make any sense? I don't know. So like, I, like I need to amend it. I need to amend it. Sense. The green makes sense. I feel like well, I feel like green and because like, I don't know. I guess like science and math being like green and red, like those kind of go together. But it's odd because red is my. Yeah, well, because like Christmas or whatever, so I guess that's like a young association. I don't know why math would be red because like math was my least favorite subject, and red is my favorite color. Maybe I just needed to broadcast like danger to myself <laughs> before I went into each class. But English classes were yellow because I always imagine English being like very light and bright um, sunlight, and then history was blue because I associate blue with like depth. And history is is very depthful, very very long. Wouldn't That's you what... want? Wouldn't you want English to be read though? Because it's all about books that you've already read. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's not bad. Damn. I I wish Calvin, but that's that's just not what fate had in the cards for me. What do you mean fate? God you made fate. these choices. I did. Did you? You were the fool. But like you ignored the universe's calling that blue is the most logical color. But like, see, he's still losing me. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I do want to hear the defense for that. Blue is the most logical. That's not a defense. That's just restating the statement. You're making it a convention. Every single instance of okay, not every single, but the majority of the time in pop culture, when you need to show that somebody is scientific or, or is mathematical or logical. You go blue. Spock wore blue. Bones wore blue. Mr. Fantastic is blue. Uh, in Super oh, Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go, TV. the scientist monkey was blue. It's because you don't trust people on TV in just bright colors that are hard to look at. Who was the smart out of the Ninja Turtles? Uh, was smart? Donatello oh. was purple. He was the smart one. But purple is That's a combination the- of red and blue. Yeah. And the leader was blue. In the Ninja Turtles, Leonardo, he had blue. Damn. So blue is a royal color. Blue is a royal color, purple. but it's also a leader color, and it's also a logic color. 
Actually, I heard purple was the royal color. Purple is also a royal color. Bo- I think both blue both. and purple. Yeah. That's- I don't I know. Stand though. by per- blue being the logic color. No, I, I can I can uh, accept that case. I, blue light from monitors and TV screens. The blue people at Avatar. The blue man group. The blue man truly <laughs> the foremost scientists of the day. Exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. Last question. Oh, wait. Nope, not last. Uh, Actually, yeah. Second to last. Guys who mm-hmm. grew up in a really religious household, how would you say it's impacted your life? I didn't, I mean, I grew up in a religious household, but I wouldn't say we were, like, really religious. Yeah, same. Um, I'd say the biggest thing has been just, uh, that knowledge of the Bible and religion. Like, it's one of those things that's come in handy at weird times, and I've already always appreciated it when it has. Uh, I would also actually agree with that. Like, I do actually have a decent understanding of, like, the events in the Bible that I feel like most people don't, but I would say that's only handy in our Western society because I highly doubt the Bible often comes up in <laughs> societies that are not typically Christian. <laughs> fair. That's also fair. I would say, I guess like the benefit for me was just getting the actual experience of being in a religion and i would say like you know like i i do like every morning i can i do like pray um it oh. like just to sit, think for a little bit so like that you got or to a god or just to the universe i, I you don't say, have to answer i'm just curious no i, I mean it's I, I i say um usually like an our father and then five hail marys and then our father again i find it's like I'll like sit after that. I just like listen to like sounds outside. So I kind of combine like a Christian prayer and then a more just like quote unquote like medit meditative or just sitting on the floor and just like kind of not even thinking, just like sitting there. Um, and I've found it's like helpful for like clearing the head and starting the day and stuff like that. Um, so the the experience of like knowing what that's like because I feel like if I hadn't experienced that, I would I would definitely have a very perhaps like cynical view of religion and what it actually like means to people beyond the doctrine and, and the kind of like public face it wears. Um, I would say that impacted me quite a bit. Yeah. And I really hate gays like a lot. So. All right. <laughs> you can on guess. the next question so that James yeah. can't uh, rant. <laughs> Uh, final question, and I include this one because this person is a fucking maniac. When you oh. go swimming, do you wear underwear or go commando? With the further details, I was talking to some friends about this, and it was pretty split. Personally, I grew up going commando, but now I wear underwear because it's more comfortable. Alright. I feel like it depends on the type of swimwear you're wearing. Because for guys, for... if. <laughs> Who am I kidding? There's no girls listening to this. Uh, no, no, so watch your words. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but for guys, language, for, for those who don't know, uh, our swimsuits typically, or at least the ones I've always worn, have like a netting, which is like a pseudo underwear built into it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You guys were like that? Yeah. So I feel like with that one, you'd be a maniac to wear underwear because you have like the netting that's basically doing the job of underwear anyways but i've worn like 
board shorts and stuff before that don't have that. And you were kind of supposed to wear like I wore like spandex trunks underneath them because like the board shorts were just something a little bit more that you'd wear on the outside. Well, even there, though, you wore spandex underneath, which is much more akin to like a wetsuit or like a competitive swimsuit compared to just underwear. True, but that could be what he means. If he's talking like cotton briefs or something, the dude's like insane. Uh, Based on my experiences working at public pools, I think he means cotton briefs. That just sounds uncomfortable. Yeah. They get chafing. James? I didn't know you were supposed to wear anything when you went swimming, but that it, that right. explains. Well, it's all we go skinny dipping. That works too. I mean, just no, only I, go to nudist beaches, and then you don't have these problems. I I would say like I mean I've worn like athletic shorts like to go swimming in a lake, and I, I'll wear like underwear under those. But if I was wearing a regular swimsuit, I feel like that would just be like doubly uncomfortable. Although. I don't know. There's uh, there's people who don't wear swimsuits, and I'm not, not talking about skinny dipping either. I did like uh, groundskeeping once for like a week at this like one really wealthy Indian dude's house, and they didn't wear like swim trunks. They literally wore like like cloths. Like it, it's That's serious. like a cultural thing, right? It is like a cultural thing, but they weren't like they weren't like swimming in like a like a ceremonial bath. They were swimming in their like like pool, and they it was literally like. A cloth around the waist and then a cloth like between the legs. And they and they look like bed sh- it looks like these guys were wearing like big diapers almost. But it's like I'm not I I don't mean that to be I know that sounds like really bad. I don't mean just that 30. to be Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I thought it was just like a really interesting thing. And like w- when I was that age, because I was only like seventh or eighth grade, I never thought like that people just wouldn't wear swimsuits. So I don't think those guys would wear underwear under those. I'd try that once. <laughs> um but yeah, I don't know. I think you are kind of insane if you wear like cotton underwear. I don't know. Yeah, like that's. I mean, maybe maybe don't you just wear had a bad boxers ex- in the pool. Well, maybe they had a bad experience, like getting pants or something like that as a kid. Now they're just like they're never gonna catch me. I don't give catch a shit. Me. You don't give a shit. Get, get a tighter tie on your swimsuit. You can just get a smaller swimsuit with a smaller like string to tie onto a knot so that it doesn't fall off your body. Or, or some guys just hey, <laughs> build up those defenses. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to be an insane person who wears underwear in the pool to well, they're not, not get pantsed. They're not insane, RJ. They just they think differently than you do. But yeah, they like think wrong. People. <laughs> hey, this is fair. We should go to war over it. We have gone to war over less, so. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Those didn't give us the land that we gave them a bead for. Let's kill them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. All right. That's enough for this week. On Never. that note. Never. Uh, thank you both for joining this week. Thank You're you. welcome. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. It's on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever good podcasts are distributed. And where some bad podcasts are distributed. You can also find us on the social media, Facebook, Better Buddies, uh, Twitter, at Better Budcast. Use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail, BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war. 
icebreakers you want us to discuss or questions you need advice on. And last but not least, be a better buddy. If I'd right. been playing FTL, I would have been a nuisance because I would have just like been swearing every like 15 minutes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't get past the fucking third stage. You can't get past the what? third stage? I was, I think I got maybe to the fifth or the sixth. On what difficulty? I, I think like what. How many difficulties were there? I haven't played that game in a while. It was like easy, easy, normal, hard, right? Yeah, easy, normal, hard. Fuck, it might have been normal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. always playing easy. Uh, I was playing normal. I made it to the final like fight with the capital ship like twice, and I never beat it. I I think I've beaten the capital ship once, and that was with four guns that all fired like multiple times and stealth and stealth pre ignite or whatever that lets your gun charge while you were in stealth. Oh, damn. But let's uh let's start the recording for this week. Yes. Three, two, 